0: What is up, everyone? Welcome into episode 104 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. My name is Mike Johnston from Mike'sLessons.com, and my co-host will be joining me shortly is Mr. Mike Dawson, managing editor of Modern Drummer Magazine. In this week's episode, we will talk about building your snare collection. Really important, which snare should you start with, and after that, where should you go from there? Our featured artist, this time, is Mr. Eddie Fisher of the band One Republic. In our gear review section, we'll be checking out the V-Classic V16 5th Anniversary Symbol. That's a mouthful. We'll get to a bunch of your listener questions, and as always, we'll give you our picks of the week. So let's get started. Happy Wednesday to you, my friend. Happy Friday. I mean, it's happy Wednesday Friday, to the listeners. Yeah. They don't know. <laughs> We're all in a time warp, man. We're all in our float tanks. <laughs> it's Wednesday. Then on Friday, you can actually say Happy Friday, even though it'll be next Friday. Wow, now, that's a lot <laughs> How about that. With that and the the meteor shower coming and the and the eclipse, <laughs> uh, it's just too much to handle. The, okay, let me ask you this: Do you care about an eclipse? I don't because I never I can never really see them. I mean, it's yeah. But, it's like, okay, right, if big you deal. could, I mean, I no, I don't. I, I don't care. I don't either. And like, what sucks is since I'm like out there as like uh, a lover of space, like everyone sends me every email having to do with the eclipse and the Perseid meteor shower, and I'm like, I like space further away from here. Like that, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's, a shadow, just, right? it's a shadow, right? It's a shadow on the, the moon. Fact, and honestly. <laughs> don 't we have an eclipse pretty much every night, like a partial eclipse when I look at the moon, the Earth is blocking the sun, which is right. causing the moon right to, so it 's like I see it every night it 's not that big of a deal for me plus so, there 'll be uh, amazing photos online like why
2: bother that 's okay exactly <laughs> that
0: 's the thing is like i 'll probably it 'll be cloudy here for some weird reason it'll be the one day that 's cloudy in California during the summer, but in the morning i 'll see like the most amazing pictures from some guy on top of the andes mountains yeah. so it's like yeah now that looks cool if i could have done that <laughs> yeah if i could have been parachuting over you know uh a desert and then seen it maybe that'd be cool i so, didn't even know there was an eclipse coming when is it happening i think august 20th maybe august 21st somewhere around there wow. um three weeks of hype yeah i know right it'd be more like hey tonight is gonna be an eclipse go check it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, i'm not I'm, I'm not anti eclipse by any means I just it's just people are making it like such a huge deal because it's so rare and i and I get it I, what's really rare honestly is just the size of our sun, the size of our moon, and the distance of those two from the earth to create an eclipse that is a rare thing in any solar system hmm. uh normally, if you had a moon, if our moon was further away from us, then you wouldn't have a total eclipse so the distance is phenomenal, but like I said, every couple. You know, weeks, I get to see, like, this little sliver of a moon, and I'm like, well, that's kind of an eclipse. <laughs> like, it's just at night. So, anyways. Don't now, hate on the moon, man. Stop hating on the moon. <laughs> My band's called Man on the Moon. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, down, We man. need that moon. We've got to have tides and everything. We yes. need that thing. <laughs> we'd be in a lot of trouble without it. There's a there's a scientific uh, special that you can see on iTunes. I think it's called, like, What If the Moon Disappeared or something. And, yeah, it's, it's one of those... Uh, Dante's Inferno situations oh, yeah I mean, what would happen the water would just keep going in a circle well uh, we obviously we wouldn't have tides because that's what you know the moon oh, yeah. is creating that but I also think the moon is keeping us in our orbit as well because it, it has its own gravitational field uh, or pole. Okay. Um, so a lot of bad things would happen but <laughs> it, let's not imagine that right now let's talk some <laughs> drums man let's talk some drums how has your drumming week been? It's been a down week. Uh, yeah, well, there's been there's been
2: a good positive development. It's just a creatively a down week. I had like a lull okay. of just like no ideas, and I felt like I was playing the same thing over and over again. And I know that just that'll pass. You know, once I,
0: That's I think weird. I
2: can't <laughs> relate to that. I just am always
0: <laughs> chock full of fresh ideas.
2: <laughs> it seems like it's like a two week cycle for me. I'm like right. having a good time, and then I hate myself for a couple of weeks, and then. So, I'm going so you to change have your own moon, your own moon that pulls your tides. Yeah, I've got my creative tides, yep, yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it, it's so creatively I'm kind of like uh, whatever I got to read, I got to try some new stuff. I'm probably going to put up a different kit and try some different ideas, maybe go back to just a straight acoustic vibe for a while and mm. explore like my bebop kit some more or whatever, but something's going to change. But I did have, I mean I played a really loud rock gig and it was one of the first times when I felt like I could hit full volume and i didn't exhaust myself it's like something like i've kind of settled into getting a powerful drum sound without my hands feeling like they're going
0: to explode and all that so that that's awesome yeah i know that we talked about that maybe three or four weeks ago that you're starting to get your backbeat where you wanted it yeah now it's like when i go
2: because that happened when i was playing more of like a you know moderately loud gig but this was like full on i'm trying to break stuff volume okay and i didn't Normally, like within the first song, my forearms are like pumped. I'm like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. am I going to get through the set? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nope. But this was like cool. At the end of it, I didn't have any blisters. I was, I mean, I was sweaty, but I wasn't like, I didn't feel like I'd done a bunch of push-ups. So that's awesome. I don't know what what changed, but I feel like maybe just my stamina is is hit a hit a nice plateau, which is good.
0: Not a boy visiting GNC, taking your supplements. Party, man. It's probably all steroids I've been eating. It could be that, yeah. Just chewing them up. I'm, I'm with you. I, uh, I just shoot them straight into my ankles. And then I got my Pearl Demon drives and I let it rip. That's how I do it. Uh, so so uh, I have a metal student here at a camp. He's actually, but he's an amazing uh, drummer. His name's Spencer Bowman. He's a, a Mapex artist and a Sabian mm-hmm. artist. And he's here at camp and he just sends me a text like right before the camp started and he's like hey I just wanted to let you know everything's cool I got my Pearl Demon drive with me and I'll just hook it up to your broadcaster and we'll be fine and, and I, but I, I was kind of in a stressed moment so I read it serious so I was like no all caps three exclamation points you will not be playing a double pedal on my kid and then I, like, I was like oh never mind he's kidding okay and then I was like whew man we've had that quite a few times at camp where he people push come in yeah Yeah, well, they just come in and they're like, wait, where's your double pedal? And they're serious, you know? And I'm like, oh, how did you get to camp? And they're like, (laughs) a friend told me to come. I'm like, yeah, you probably don't know who I am or what I do, but I'm like... The anti double pedal guy, <laughs> mainly because I can't play it. That's my that's my problem with the double pedal is it's hard. Yeah, you don't want to have it there and not actually use it either. Like that's right. That's insulting. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. So, uh, but yeah, camp's going good. We got an advanced camp, and these guys are legitimately advanced. So we've got uh, Canadian, mostly Americans, and then a guy from Denmark, um, and we've got some younger guys. So this camp, I would say, is. Average range is between eighteen and twenty five, um, so it's cool because these guys are obviously in that time of their life where becoming a professional drummer is absolutely a reality for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. as a future. Um, rather than what I'm also noticing in some of my more adult drummers is they're finishing up their careers as whatever they did, mm-hmm. you know, uh, chiropractor or school teacher, and now in their 50s they're considering becoming a professional gigging drummer which right. is awesome right. that we yeah. even have that option as musicians yeah
2: yeah i'm seeing that trend too which is, is which is great i mean i'd i'd love to see i'm i'm embracing the idea of drumming as a very effective therapeutic uh, outlet mm-hmm. and 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 also a, a secondary income stream for people who have other jobs i mean it's i don't think there's just one path and i love that it's like whatever drums
0: right. mean to you let's get the most out of it you know yeah. And that's actually one of the questions I always have for the students in, in our private lesson, because one day of camp is all private lessons. And I always ask them, what role do the drums fill in your life? And there's no right or wrong. I mean, there's only right answers here. I just need to know because that's going to change how I come at you as your teacher. Uh, yeah. if, if you say, honestly, once a week, I just need to blow off some steam. It's like, dude, that's rad. I'm glad that you have that in your life. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not going to be pushing all this material on you for that once a week. It's like, I want you to use it. If, if you're using this instrument as a stress relief, me giving you 20 independence exercises isn't going to make that better. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's going to add stress to your life. Like, I want you to go in yeah. and just hit the hell out of it and uh, use it for that. So yeah, everybody that has drums in their life has it for a different reason. And all of those reasons are completely valid. Well, let's talk about obsessing. Yes. <laughs> Building a snare collection. Yeah. Ooh, by the ooh, way, boy. I just got an email from
2: B&H Photo about the solar eclipse, and this is the gear that you need to buy in order to take a picture
0: <laughs> of <Oops>. these. <laughs> of course. Solar. Of course. I will not be uh, buying anything. Thank you, B&H. <laughs> Thank you. Have you ever <laughs> been to B&H? No, I haven't.
2: The physical uh, store? You got to go, man. Yeah, it's incredible. Never. I don't, it's, I don't it's like to go into place. New York to shop. That seems that's a good point I, I mean, well
0: I, I went yeah I actually did shop when I was there I didn't go I went there just to see it because mm-hmm. um, I heard it was incredible And but I wasn't ready for how just insane that place is so <laughs> yeah. if you guys don't know what B&H photo is it's just uh, think of Sweetwater Music for camera that's what it is. But they have a physical store where everything that's online is there. And I'm talking even like movie cameras. And it's like, oh, my goodness. So <laughs> it's a pretty cool place. So stay away if you want to save money. <laughs> All right. Building a snare collection. I have a question for you right off the bat. Yeah. And I th- we might differ, but it's not going to be uh, you know, the mothership first take kind of fake debate. Okay. If you were starting with one snare drum, let's get rid of size because I think you and I both float between... Uh, five and a half and six and a half and yep. maybe five sometimes. But we're going to say a 14-inch snare, would you go brass or maple to start your snare collection? Yeah, this is like a
2: choose-your-own-adventure kind of a story. Right. Like, where do you begin? Um, I think if the question was you're only going to be able to have one drum for the rest of your life, it would be brass. Mm-hmm. If okay. It's, if it's you're going to buy the first drum for your collection that you know you're going to be expanding with, it'd probably be a six and a half five 14 maple but i'm mm-hmm. going to stick with option door number one six and a half five 14 brass drum that would be my number one drum for okay. everything everything
0: what do you thing. think and you, you have probably uh, a bit more experience on this than i do what do you think musicians and producers that are not drummers gravitate towards when you when you're in there testing out your drums do they naturally do they think a snare drum sounds like a maple drum or do they think a snare drum sounds like a brass drum metal drums by far okay yeah by okay. far. okay that's i mean i think that's why the black beauty
2: is so revered it's it's the drum that people just hear when you hear snare drum that's
0: what i hear is that sound okay so if we were starting a collection we're trying to become a working professional drummer A fourteen by five and a half, like you said, brass snare drum would be where you start. Well, the problem with that size is it eliminates a lot of classics. I
2: I do think the five and a half is probably the best all-purpose size, but there's no five and a half Black Beauty. There's no five and a half Superphonic. There's no five. You know, so it's either five or six and a half. So between those two options, knowing that every
0: company offers those two sizes, I would go with the six and a half. It's funny too that like both of our tastes are skewed towards our like Ludwig is so in the mix for you and and because of where I live and we never had a Ludwig dealer it's not it's not on my brain like the Black Beauty is its own thing but I almost don't even see it as Ludwig because since I didn't have a Ludwig dealer I could get a fake Black Beauty I could get Mm -hmm. the pork pie version I could get uh, DW was making that Ace from PDP for a while so I could get a uh, black nickel over brass. It's black nickel over brass, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I could get that in somebody else's version, but wh- every time you name a snare drum, it's always like yeah. superphonic, hydroponic, <laughs> <sphetonic>. hydroponic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to keep you, you know, your your rosemary and your thyme. You got to keep that well <laughs> irrigated, right? You're definitely from California, aren't you, <laughs> yeah.
2: dude? Those shops are everywhere, man. <laughs> well, I uh, mean, I, 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 I see your yeah. point, but I think most people w- would agree that ludwig metal drums are kind of
0: like the standard
2: by I which all other Absolutely. drums are
0: compared it's well that and that's even what i'm saying is all of my ludwig influence is coming from ludwig replicas right? yeah right so, right so i completely agree with that and so let's say that we start off our collection with a 14 by 6 and a half. i do agree even though it's not my personal favorite size what i do like about it is that it it's more versatile i totally. i've never had right. a six and a half that i couldn't tune up tight enough yeah and, right? and yeah like bill stewart uses a
2: six and a half by 14 bronze i think or brass i mean you can play bebop on it but you yeah can't it's definitely play, not like the hard sound. rock on a five sometimes it'll
0: right it'll they do have around. a they have a volume ceiling yeah um and they have a feel ceiling like you feel like you're not getting enough out of the drum i noticed it because um, uh, i was just in rehearsals for this gig i was just trying different
2: drums i took a shallow drum and i could feel the bottom head like I can yes. actually feel it. Like this
0: head's going to explode. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a weird thing, and and it is a feel thing. You have to have a fourteen by five or shallower and just bash it to realize. Like, yeah, I'm hitting. It almost feels like you're hitting wood, yeah, uh, like a block. It doesn't come back up at you, and you do feel that bottom head. And that's why the prototype that I'm working on with Gretsch. I was like, I need a fourteen by five and a half metal drum, mm-hmm. and that's when it was like, oh, because they don't, don't make know, them right. No, uh, yeah. we'll call you back. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Um, but so yeah, so let's say that we're going with a fourteen by six and a half brass snare, yep. and you would choose Black Beauty. Yeah, or some. Or I mean, anything. ideally
2: seamless brass, but I think I think there's so many rolled versions that sound really great that you know you can save some money by getting the the pork pie or you know whatever. But yeah, ideally it'd be a seamless brass six and a half for me.
0: All right. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Let's say we start the collection there. Then I'm going to need, instead of getting a slight variation, like a bronze or um, an aluminum or just a different size of the brass, I would probably want to go with something wood that gives me a very obvious wood sound. Yeah. So a, a, a 14 maple uh, or maybe uh, mahogany, um, mm. you know, a, a nice 14. Like, what would your wood choice be? I mean... Maple or something that has the maple quality,
2: maybe walnut. Um, walnut. I mean, ideally, I would say a, a single-ply maple drum, like a Crappiato okay. or something. That would be like my dream drum. But again, there's so many great options of ply drums. Right. Um, and for me, I would go shallower, because then that would give me that other option, like a five yeah. or five and a half. Yeah. Uh, any any brand. I mean, my issue with, with wood drums is it's all about the density of that wood. So. A cheap maple drum is not gonna do it for me. And I can feel it, you and know, I can hear it immediately.
0: That's such a weird thing. Maple, which is you know, a type of wood, it became almost like a brand. Like people would say, Well, I got a maple drum. And it's like, whoa. whoa, whoa. Yeah. All maple isn't created equal. <laughs> yeah John Good put put it down on me. He's like, Do you know what you know, he's like yelling at me, do you know what the rainfall was? Where that maple was harvested, I was like, I know, I have no idea. It's like was well, it a young do. tree and old tree. I mean, it all makes a big difference. Yeah. Was there a wind that year? Like, <laughs> I don't know if there was a wind that year. but well, stresses the fibers. And so, uh, so anyway, so yeah, I think that high end maple drums are important. Yeah. Uh, and, I think, and I think the opposite is not expensive. A, you could get a cheaper metal drum and it's going to sound
2: pretty awesome, but I think you should put more money into the wood drum. That I'll put it like this: suggestion.
0: the Ludwig Black Beauty versus the fourteen by six and a half. Let's just call it the uh, uh, I don't know the the pork pie. What was that one called? The Big Black. Yeah, they call it the Bob for short, or the Bob. Yeah, um, black one. Brass and then, um, and then uh, also the PDP Ace. Yeah. Those I could get them close enough that a studio engineer wouldn't think one of them sucked. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. You give me like a $150 maple snare drum. <laughs> yeah. Next to a it's it's Craviato like, no, I or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can tell a huge difference. Same size. So I agree um, with that. And then the other thing too is then you're dealing with craftsmanship. You're dealing with the yep. bearing edges. What yeah. did they choose for their bearing edges? Were they sharp edges? Were they round? Uh, so just so you guys know, if you want a really warm vintage sound, you're going to look for rounder bearing edges. If you want a nice modern crisp attack then you're going to want sharper bearing edges and both are fantastic but you can tell a difference my my 14 by 5 broadcaster snare which has the three ply shell and the full on round bearing edges that is its own animal compared to any snare i own Mm -hmm. um it really does one thing and does it really well but it's warm and and dead and thuddy um And 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 I love it. I mean, it's it's still it's my side snare on my kit, and I can it's pretty versatile. I can kind of do anything with it. Okay, so let's say that we have our maple snare drum taken care of, and we've got our brass. Mm -hmm. Do you go new material or do you go odd size, like a twelve by five or a thirteen by six and a half? What's your next snare? Hmm. This is again, choose
2: wisely. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've got a deep brass and let's say a shallow maple. I would not go into weird stuff just yet okay um i think the maple drum will cover the wood sounds so right. i would go to back to a metal drum probably get a shallow aluminum drum that would give maybe me like
0: a, maybe like a Ludwig <laughs> acrylate
2: i don't know just okay i mean because that has a certain quality like the brass drum is going to be like your Classic snare drum. The aluminum's going to have that vibe. It's going to be vibey. It's going to sound, you can yeah. get it to kind of like overdrive in a really
0: cool way. And it's not, when I, you know, I have the, I have a brass, a bronze, and a copper here, all in the same sizes from Gretsch. And it's, you got to be really particular to tell the difference between them. Mm-hmm. There, there are differences, but I mean, honestly, an engineer would be able to probably EQ out the differences that are there. Yeah. But, my aluminum is—I don't even—I almost don't even consider it a, a, a metal drum. It's its own animal. It's yep. its own material, and there are differences. I have a uh, fourteen by five and a half USA aluminum, and it's—it's uh, it's like solid. It's the same thickness as a maple oh, shell. Oh yeah, that's so a different, it's CNC'd different out. sound. Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah. And then you have the rolled uh, stuff, like you would get in an acrylite, and that has a totally different vibe. Oh, yeah. I think an acrylite. It's just, we've talked about it obviously uh, yeah. way too much, but I think it is one of those ones where because of the price and because of the material and the quality that Ludwig puts out with that, you just get one. You yeah. just have it exactly. and you don't, you, you can't predetermine the situation that you're going to use it for, but there will be a moment where you're like, let me go grab my acrylite. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so yeah. Okay. So we've got those three. Now, how many snares, what's the number where it's too much and you're getting to the point where it's like, now I'm just buying them cause I'm addicted. Well, I don't think we've gotten there yet. I think we've got three drums. So, all the spouses of all of our (laughs) listeners are like, no, you're there. You're there. All right. Let's just turn the podcast off.
2: The fourth drum that I would pick would be that would be where I would think, all right, where where do I need to go with this? Do I need to go something really weird? Or do I need to go something vintage? Or do I need to go. just another variation what's missing really yeah right? what's missing i mean you don't have a deep wood drum rather than going six and by 14 i would probably go eight by 14 to give me that okay. vibe um, okay really again any kind of wood uh, maple will sound good birch will sound good but just having the deeper drum will just open up the palette to you know a whole lot of different stuff
0: yeah and you know what in my collection I, I went with materials over sizes, obviously. Okay. So I have a ton of 14 by 5.5 in a d- bunch of different materials. So the one drum that I always pick out to change things up is your guys's uh, 13 by the. Oh, the 6 um, by 13, yeah. 6 by 13 solid cherry. That yep. is my drum that sticks out more than any of my other drums. And I don't know, Bruce made that? Yep, Bruce Hagman. But RBH? Yep. I mean, I'm, I know he's a master craftsman, so I'll give that some of the credit, and the size and the material, some of the credit. But it records so good. Yeah, um, that drum is really kind of special. <laughs> yeah. it's, it really is, honestly. And it's uh, there's a reason you guys don't have it back yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still testing it, Mike. Year and a half later, still just Going through About a it.
2: dozen heads, and you know I'm still
0: working on it. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you know. I'm going to start checking out bottom <laughs> heads. Next. But I mean,
2: that's a good. You made a good point. Like, so I would tend to go deeper, bigger drum because I tend to play styles of music that require that sound. Where mm-hmm. if you're playing more fusion, r&b pop than a shallower 13, like you said, is probably the better choice to fill out that quartet.
0: Yeah, uh, and the 13, it will also give you a completely different cross-stick sound because you can't get that mm. sample one. It gives you a, a more woody cross stick sound because more of your stick hangs off the end. And i find that sound a lot in steve jordan records oh, where yeah. it's like yeah. it's not oh. the Vinny cross stick it's yeah. like this weird in between is it a cross stick or is he hitting the snare yeah as a rim shot i can't tell and i, I get his, that out of a 13 i think his signature drum is a 13 so that makes oh, sense is it with yeah. yamaha
2: yep that makes sense he's there probably using that a lot
0: yeah so that's so, so we've and, we've taken different forks in the road but i think they're both it makes sense right I think both of us would call each other and borrow each other's snares. Right. Give me your (laughs) 14. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. So, this is by no means scientific, but we are saying start your collection with a 14 by six and a half brass. Uh, or if you can find one, I, I would start my collection with a 14 by 5.5 brass. That's what I'm playing. Yeah. That a snare that I have is a 14 by 5.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a very dry brass snare because of the patina and everything. So it's we'd start with a metal drum. Then we get in our shallower maple snare drum or wood drum in general. Yep. Then from there, get something a little off like a Ludwig acrylite or an aluminum drum that just fills some gaps of your sound. And then after that, choose a size that covers a spectrum that you don't have in your setup yeah
2: i think that's so four
0: drums good. good snare collection and you're not technically obsessed yeah and i think even
2: if you went five and got the other version of whether that you or i picked, that's it i think you're, you've got yeah all of your basic sounds covered I agree. there because I mean, you can get you can get a vintage sound by detuning it and taping it up on any of those drums
0: yeah I mean, another way to do it is just make a lot of drum friends and yeah. just call them. And be like, hey, dude, I've got a session. Can I borrow your Black Beauty? Uh, so yeah. uh, that's
2: cool. Yeah, from there, well, I think it just gets into, you know, you're just searching for, for different variations you know like a, a bell brass like if you get a bell brass you right. really need to be serious about that decision because it's <laughs> you know you're gonna pay twelve fifteen hundred dollars for a yeah and it's gonna tear your rotator cuff as you're carrying it to the gig
0: i was gonna say yeah you got <laughs> to really ask are there stairs in this load-in because my snare drum weighs more than your entire guitar rig yeah, so yeah loading dock um, for my snare yeah <laughs> Awesome. Well, we can always revisit this again. And you know what would be really cool is take our top picks and make a recording of them so people can hear the differences of those drums as well. I think that'd be
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if we
0: had discussed ahead of time, we could have done that here. Hey, let's not listen to hey. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and imagine it. <laughs> Correct. All right, let's talk about our featured artist. Featured artist this time is Eddie Fisher of One Republic. Uh, I'm really excited that you guys are covering him in this month of Modern Drummer, right? Yeah, September issue, the one with Steve Smith on the cover. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really excited that we're doing this because I honestly didn't know anything about him. Um, oh, yeah. There's oh. bands like Maroon 5, One Republic, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, um, train that you assume they have a drummer, yeah. but you just don't know who it is. Because <laughs> honestly, the band is the important thing. They're not trying to become these solo musicians that are promoting themselves all the time, the band is the thing. So. I had no idea when I started watching him play. As a teacher, I always say, there are no tom grooves. You just play grooves and move them to your toms. Yeah. That's a lie. Eddie Fisher plays tom <laughs> grooves that are completely <laughs> important to the music and couldn't be played as kick snare hat patterns. Yeah, right. Um, There's not like a ostinato thing going on or whatever. Yeah, he's a really musical drummer and he adds so much to that band. I mean, I, I watched probably an hour of, of videos on him today was just really impressed with his musicality and his playing yeah. he's a lefty on a right-handed kit yep
2: uh, part of the story he talks about how they write parts and and the idea of no drums during the hook like that could be a decision that i mean they kind of wow. defined that the past couple of years all these songs start coming out when you get to the chorus there's no drums i'm like right this isn't fun for when i'm playing my cover pancakes <laughs> yeah. but i think they were kind of one of the first that i noticed that did that like here comes the hook mm-hmm. and now there's no rhythm like all right. Yeah. Bottom drops out.
0: Very effective. Pretty do neat. you know where One Republic is from? Uh I, I didn't mean, do any I think they, One Republic they kind of, research. I think he moved
2: to LA to join them originally. I don't know where they're from. Maybe okay. maybe he can fill us in. But he moved to LA and had a couple other projects fall apart before he joined One wow. Republic. So kind of has the classic story i moved to la with you know someone says hey i've got a gig for you come to la it falls apart oh you're living out of your your van and then next thing you know you're in a you
0: know on a hit record with a big band
2: it's yeah awesome story a real big band yeah <laughs> yeah
0: uh it's pretty rad and like i said watching him play i think uh he reminds me of kind of a, a young pop version of michael miley um where it's like the drum parts are just so well chosen yeah Uh, he's not going for flash not going for chops um obviously i I mainly watched him play in his band or play stuff for his band today so i didn't get to see him play by himself but he's obviously not trying to do the youtube throwdown drummer thing yeah Uh, he's just a working musician which is Fantastic, and it looks like he's a, a Gretsch artist uh, just from checking out all the videos I saw today. And, yeah, um, yeah, I think he did some some stuff for uh, uh, Nelson. Oh wait, Nelson
2: Drum Company. Their Instagram. yeah. You know what? I'm sorry. I think he's now an A and F artist. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I did see him maybe playing their snares. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's did a lot. Of, he did a lot of Gretsch videos too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh <good> god. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well whatever
0: (laughs) he's got great taste in drums let's just say that let's leave it at that Um, by the way I am going to uh, Bryson's in September to film a bunch of stuff for a Nelson drum company nice so I'm going to Nashville to do stuff with Meinl and then I have a dinner set up uh, with Chester Thompson. Awesome. My, one of my biggest idols of all time. Awesome. And, uh, and I'm going to do my best to not ask him a ton of questions about Phil Collins. because I'm sure he gets that all day <laughs> and then, uh, I'll go do st- stuff for Bryce. And so, but, uh, so as far as what he does, do you know if he does anything outside of one Republic or is that taking up all of his time right now? I haven't heard anything. Maybe, maybe he's doing some session work. I haven't
2: personally heard anything. I mean, I think cool. I mean, how many top 10 hits do you need to be on in one career?
0: Honestly, (laughs) ride the wave, man, ride the wave. But yeah, I think if you go to YouTube and check out Eddie Fisher, uh, and you can find him on social media as well, but if you check him out, you're going to find out right away that this guy is just extremely musical. And every note he plays is helping the song. And just like Mike said, the notes he doesn't play helps the song. But I was really taken aback. Like when, you know, you hear these songs on the radio all the time, but it's not until you see a live concert footage that you actually internalize the drum part. Yeah. You're like Oh wow, that's yeah. a really cool drum part. Now that I'm seeing somebody play, same with. <laughs> when you see a bass player, it's like your first time ever hearing the bass. Yeah, like, yeah oh, exactly. now I know what that guy does. Like, whoa, okay, that bass line is really wicked. Yeah, that wow. I, hate but I have that to we see get, your fingers doing it. I hate that we get
2: desensitized to pop music that way. It's like oh, there's a, a huge hit and yeah, it's catchy and we kind of forget that there's a lot of detail in that song. You know, if you really yeah. listen to it, like wow, that drum part is not at all what I would do, but it's right. perfect. and You remove it from the song. He kind of talks about how Larry Mullen was one of his big influences. Oh, uh, that makes a lot of sense. You can't remove Larry from U two and have it be U two, and I don't think you could remove Eddie from One Republic and
0: have it be One Republic anymore. Man, I would love to see somebody uh, cover uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday and just not play that drum part <laughs> and just kind of give it a maybe like a meter swing feel, like they just have no cl- like I never listened to it. What are we doing? Sunday Bloody <laughs> Sunday. That, all right, rip. Let's go. Uh, Yeah, I mean, those drum parts are integral to the song. And same with that. uh, I was watching one of their major hit singles, and I was just thinking like god like i did not know this drum part was that cool and i also yeah. didn't know that it was that melodic and i didn't understand that the song really lives and dies with that drum part yeah uh, exactly it's the biggest thing in the music so definitely everyone check out eddie fisher from one <laughs> republic and you can also read about him in the current issue of modern drum so in, right, let's get into in it. his oh, yeah. sidebar he does say grestrum zildjian symbols
2: anf outlaw big fat snare drum roland i mean he's got a list so I think
0: I think we're safe. (laughs) Okay, okay, cool.
1: Uh,
0: I could just see some guy at like Bill's drum company out of you know, Provo Utah being like, What? You said he was playing my floor toms. Why didn't they mention it? All right. Why would Bill from Provo talk like that? Why do I give him, like, the worst voice ever? Like, he's just choking on a burrito. (laughs) Now, I'm looking at his sidebar to make sure I didn't
2: overlook anyone now. Like, all right, does he play a weird floor tom? What's he got here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he's like, what the hell, man? I just played drums. Why are you guys making such a big deal out of this? All right, so let's check out some gear. This is uh, some cool stuff. We're going back to the V Classic cymbals, but they're not completely... um, round <laughs> that's a fair Derek. assessment they're not completely round <laughs> <laughs> alright well thanks for the review and we'll see you guys in episode <laughs> you know what's funny when
2: I initially gave these photos to our art director he thought they were just clipped poorly so we, oh, really? we got the layout and they were round I'm like what the heck these are the wrong oh, photos no way he's like no I went in and fixed the clipping I'm like no 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 but these aren't <laughs> round symbols
0: <laughs> these aren't round <laughs> uh so uh yeah it, but they sound amazing uh the the crash with the rivets the big ride mm-hmm. were they 17 inch hats 17 inch high hats
2: yep they didn't play you like were giant heavens yeah they they played like normal it's they felt completely normal to me really yeah they didn't feel gigantic so it didn't they feel like heavy. two
0: crashes no
2: they weren't they weren't like heavy it didn't make the pedal feel kind of slow they, wow. were, they were quick. They were very, I mean, I I really enjoyed them. The, uh, so we've got three symbols. There's a 24-inch crash ride, a 21-inch crash ride that has two holes in it plus a couple rivets. And both of those symbols are, what he did is he kind of like flattened the the edges. like So it's 16-sided. I don't know what you call mm-hmm. that
0: 16-sided polygon. Uh, you just call it uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> Dice. Yeah. Really? That's 16
2: No, side. I
1: have
0: no idea. <laughs> I didn't play that stuff. Come on, man!
2: I so was just we, floating in the tank, he kind of like flattened them out, uh, and it was done deliberately to kind of eliminate some some murky overtones. Which wow! I found that these are really th- really thin; like you can almost fold them one hundred eighty <laughs> degrees in your hands. But they didn't they didn't have that like thin, trashy kind of overwhelming sound. You could ride on them, you get some clarity out of them, so it worked. Whatever he did, uh, it worked. And the one with the holes in it, I thought was. Awesome. That felt like And it's uh, got rivets as well, right? Yeah, it's got three rivets. That to me was like Brian Blade would use this symbol. It just oh, so vibey cool, and trashy in a good way and but you can And still that's ride the twenty one. Twenty one inch crash ride. And the seventeen Hi-Hats are, are round. They're not they're not cut on the edges. Mm-hmm. And those just they just felt like great vintage old
0: hi hats You know you know what they sound like to me? There used to be a place in San Francisco called and there was one in LA too, called Black Market Music, and it was just Uh, All it was was used gear, but it's hard to explain, but it was because it was in San Francisco and it was in L.A., it was used professional gear. Mm. This is like, you know, touring cats just being like, all right, I just don't need this orange cab to go with my martial head from the 60s. So they always had a bin of cymbals, and it was $100 or whatever it was per cymbal. It didn't matter what it was, and it was just a huge bin of cymbals. Interesting. And a lot of them were old Zildjian's. that had no markings on them but you could see like the little turkish stamp Mm -hmm. in there and these remind me of like oh i just found a 1960s symbol yeah Uh, yeah. i mean obviously i know that's what they're going for but they actually sound like that you know um so you want to give them a listen yeah let's drop it in
1: what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate
0: so much breath in those cymbals yeah and they feel really great that's that's
2: almost what i look for more than the sound at times it's like how do they Mm -hmm. feel they feel really soft but they didn't like i said they don't like they don't bottom out they don't uh you know get too trashy the 24 is a small bell i think that also helps kind of control it Um,
0: it is a 24 inch cymbal so it is kind of washy but that 21 is that's that's the gold and one the, for me. The bell, yeah, the bell on the twenty one sounded really good too. Um, yeah, that's what I like in a bell on a symbol like that. I don't want to have that kind of symbol, and then you have this like old uh, ice bell or uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Saviour Mega Bell. You know, I, I don't want it to be like this crazy thing. And that that bell was like activating the symbol. You know, which the, I really liked. A I lot. think that's we should. The bell is definitely.
2: I, I will love or hate a symbol based on the bell, I think. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. It's like, if it's, if it's so chimey, I'm getting so sensitive to that volume. Like if it j- just jumps
0: up and it's so chimey, I'm like, just get that thing out of my face. <laughs> like, yeah. no, I, I'm I'm with you. It's funny when people are, when people dog out like a ride that it's like, Oh, it has no bell. I'm like, no, that's an awesome bell. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I have that a uh, 21 inch big apple dark ride over my rack Tom now. And I, I use that bell, which is almost non existent, as much as the bell on my transition ride. Um, It's because it just, I don't know, it's more organic sounding. I like it. Yeah. You know what
2: kind of of reminds me? Have you ever hit, like, just thinking of, for whatever reason, hitting a metal uh, handrail and the kind of, oh, yeah, the overtones that kind of come out of it? Yeah. I feel like that's what the small bell kind of gives me that, like, yeah, nice.
0: It's kind of a funky, weird overtones. Okay, speaking of the opposite, did you? Because this was all the rage because of Tim Alexander, I think. Did you ever have the Zilbell? I didn't. I kind of wanted one, but I never I had one, man. I never could bring
2: myself to spend my allowance on a Zilbell or oh, Ice Bell. Actually, I wanted the Ice, the bell. ice bell.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, just to have that thing upside down, you could put cereal in it, <laughs> do whatever you wanted, and then you just hit it like, like it was so sad, like in a band rehearsal back in the nineties. You were just hoping that the band would go... Jig, 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 jig. And then you'd go... Ding! And then you come back in... Oh my god, I used to love it. I'm like, okay, when you guys jump off of your cabinets, when you're in the air, I'll hit my... Ding! Oh man, no, no, I never, I never got one. You're <laughs> missing out, man. Zilbel, But I can't bell. say
2: I didn't want one. I definitely wanted... One, okay. but I was like, I yeah. can buy, I can upgrade my, my
0: crashes or I can buy this thing. Like, I think I'm going to upgrade yeah. my crash. <laughs> I had to just do it in steps. It was like, all right, I'll get my 20 inch china next week. <laughs> then next month, I'll get my Roto Toms or my Octobons. Man, I did have to be Chinas, over though. that gear obsession. Did I you did. really? I did
2: a small mini china on the left and a big, I think it was an 18 on the right. I don't think 20s were available, readily available back then. So yeah, it was a 14 and an 18.
0: And I would, man double, double kick and you yeah know, <laughs> <Bozio>. <laughs> totally man that 14 inch wuhan back in the day yeah that was I I for 60 bucks i get i and then the great thing is like as soon as you break two of them you got a set of auxiliary hi-hats <laughs> yeah. make yourself a pair of hi-hats you're good to go man yeah, I love that stuff. All right. Anyways, V classic symbols. Those sound amazing. And they took us down a little journey on memory lane. So yeah, cool check stuff. them out for sure. They I I'm really impressed. You know, you've reviewed their stuff before, but this is the line that just speaks to me a little bit more where it's like, wow, I'm yeah. Something different. I know that something is good when my jealousy is like flowing through my body. Like, <laughs> oh, I kind of want that. That's awesome. Man. It's good stuff. Indeed. All right. Well, let's get to your guys' listener questions. All right, I grabbed three. So we got one from
2: Thomas. Um, He says, It seems to me there are two schools of thought on how to use a click. Some drummers subscribe to a less is more approach, in that the quarter note is the only subdivision they use. Um, And the other end of the spectrum, there's a school of thought that you should use more subdivisions because it'll help you get more comfortable and accurate. Whereas the quarter note, there's a lot of space in between. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys use a click when practicing and playing recording with others?
0: Well, it's simple for me. I I use them all. Um, yeah. And I use them for different reasons. You know, I can you imagine how horrible my vertical time would be if I only worked on two bar gap clicks, right? You know, it's like (laughs) I could fudge anything for two full bars and then just rush at the end and land on the one. So, um, that's, I, and I'm, I'm, I hope I'm getting this right, but the theory of, horizontal time and vertical time came to me from a guitar player who studied with wayne kranz so i believe Mm. that was the first time i had ever heard of feeling time horizontal would be your quarter note and vertical would be the grid of subdivision you're in so you can have great horizontal time while having bad vertical time yeah Um, right right and so i i definitely do both the the beat nick is where i work on my vertical time and then my gap clicks or just quarter note clicks Or upbeat clicks is where I work on my horizontal time. So I think it's just carving out time to work on all of it, but understanding the differences between the two.
2: Yeah, I think not relying on either one of them as a crutch is the important thing. Like, use it as a tool to to become more aware of what you do naturally and what you need to improve on. For me, if I'm playing in a studio or with other people when using a metronome, it's all tempo-dependent. Like if it's a fast song, sure. I'm not gonna. It's just gonna be quarter notes. I'm not gonna have eighth <laughs> notes in there. <laughs> if it's a slow song, just having quarter notes is gonna feel like forever between. Right. So I always try to get you know get the click to kind of feel in that that comfort zone of like what 120 would feel like or something. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. super comfortable. But when practicing, I think you got to do both. Just like you said, you have to. You've got to you got to zero you know zoom in and do the microscopic level, and you've got to zoom out and do a wider. uh
0: length of time as well agreed so there is no answer we just you know what's great though what i in this year of time what i'm finding out though is you can work on your time while practicing other things like i now always have a click on and i'm doing something with it whether it be a gap click or an upbeat thing but i'm always i've always got some sort of weird click thing happening while working on new patterns and working on grooves and everything so it, it eventually just becomes part of it yeah it's like time and dynamic should be part of everything you practice if you're not using those two
2: things and you're not you're not making music you're not
0: yeah i'd say the only time i'm not using a click now is when i'm honestly learning something from scratch and i, I can't even play the thing so yeah, there's no yeah. reason to have a metronome on but once i've got it figured out as soon as i can repeat that pattern the metronome's on right all right this one is from garrett um okay it says
2: i'm a 30 i'm 36 year old and have been playing drums off and on for 26 years Uh, years or so. My situation is that I struggle with transitioning from grooves to fills and back, unless it's a very simple groove and a simple fill. I can play most any groove and noodle around in it with small variations and have no problems. And I can screw around doing solos and fills and have little problems moving around the kit, but it seems like he's getting, how do you get the two together? Um, He says, I often play with a metronome to keep me on the one, but my nerves skyrocket when I know a fill is coming, I usually fall flat on my face. Uh, yeah, buddy. I'm learning more complicated grooves on your site, but if I were okay. told I had to add fill-ins with those, I would probably have a panic attack. So what should I practice to become at ease with transitions from grooves to fills? Well, first of all, I'm assuming this
0: is Garrett Clagett. Is that his last name? It, uh, no, this is Garrett Robertson. Oh, well then... Mike'sLessons.com has just exploded into two Garrets. That's awesome, <laughs> and I got I got to get to know Garrett Robertson, Roberson or Roberson. Uh, either way, so one thing you can do, Garrett, is complicated grooves make fantastic fills. Mm-hmm. So play a four-bar phrase, three bars of the groove, and then the fourth bar move that groove somewhere else on the kit. And flow around the drum set with that pattern. Especially if you're working on anything linear. You don't need to change anything. But honestly, you have to go into the um, courses. So on Mike'sLessons.com, it would be courses. And then you're going to choose the category Independence. And in the Independence category, there is a course called Creative Practice Part 1. And one of the creative exercises is trading fills with yourself and you have to trade fills with me so it's like a game it's one bar of groove that you play we both play together and then you stop for one bar while i play a fill then we play one bar of groove together and i stop while you play a fill and just doing that for 10 minutes every single day will get you comfortable leaving what i call home base i think we all get to wear kick snare hat kick snat hair (laughs) is home base And we look over the floor, Tom, and we're like, screw that. I'm never going Uh, way over there. So you just got to get used to leaving it. The more that you practice it, the better you're going to get at it. Um, And thinking that you can practice more advanced fills and more advanced grooves, and somehow this problem will be fixed, is the wrong way to go. The problem isn't your grooves, and the problem isn't your fills. The problem is the transitions. You have to practice that transition just like anything else. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could add to that would
2: be more of a more conceptual idea in that I've I find that if anything is giving you anxiety when you're trying to just play drums, that means you haven't spent enough time practicing that specific thing. It's always Uh, hours, right? Yeah, it's just hours. So, whatever fill you're trying to throw in is probably like me trying to use a big SAT word in a sentence. Like, I'm going to, I'm just, when I get to that point Mm -hmm. of using that adjective, I'm not, I don't know what it is. I'm going to mispronounce it or whatever. So, I think (laughs) you got to be more patient with adding new ideas to your playing and. You know, I, I was just talking to a, to my student Nathan about this last night. You kinda have to be aware of what can you do right now. Like what do you have complete control over? And then you have to assess all the stuff that's easier than that or more basic than that, and do you have complete control over all that stuff? And then you have to be careful when you add the new stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Like you Agreed. just wanna add like one thing. You don't want to try to jump to like collegiate level if you're if your drumming is at like a high school
0: level pretty okay. I also think you have to learn how long it takes you personally to use your new vocabulary. So for me, if I learn something brand new today, I'm probably four to five months away from it showing up in my playing naturally. Right, yeah. The two-month period is where I think I have it down. I throw it out, and it it completely train wrecks. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it's not there. (laughs) Honestly, usually it's when I forget that I ever learned it in the first place is when it finally shows up naturally. Yeah, it's all about patience. But it's a long process. Yeah, Yeah, it's a real long process. You'll get there. Hope that helps, Garrett.
2: All right, last one comes from Miles. He um, says, I'm very slowly upgrading my cymbals from starter cymbals to professional level. I've already bought hi-hats, and I'm now looking at buying a ride. I play all different styles, from rock to jazz to metal to Latin, and everything in between, so I want it to be very versatile. Ra- what ride cymbal would you recommend? Ooh, that's a Man. toughie. That's 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 the holy grail search right there. Yeah. Um, I did I ask uh, Paul Francis at Zildjian that very question, like, what would be the holy grail ride symbol and he said 20 inch a medium ride so anything any brand whatever your preferred brand is a 20 inch medium ride will get you through will probably get you through everything except for caveman rock where it'll just not be loud enough but even that i can use that medium ride with a rock band for sure yeah um, so that would be my suggestion. Don't try to go too crazy with anything specialized or fancy. Just get a general medium
0: twenty-inch ride from whatever brand you like. Yep, exactly. I'm with I'm with you on that one. Well, that was easy, <laughs> <laughs> which is good because I uh, I've got advanced camp and these guys are no joke, man. Uh, we'll get to our picks of the week in a second, but this has been a fun week. The My dream for an advanced camp is that it's a nine person lab and I'm actually just keeping us on track schedule wise. Right. Right. But it's not the teacher and eight students and you do what I say. It's like, okay, we are going to work on this and I'm one of them. And uh, yeah, I feel bad because I'm like, I I shouldn't be practicing during your guys' time, (laughs) but I'm practicing (laughs) with you. But I do have to get up on the stage and I I make sure that I'm practicing something that's as difficult for me as what they're working on. And I do have to get up on stage and show them like we all have to get up on stage and say, "Okay, this is where I got with it in my 25 minutes. And it's it's a little revealing because you want to be the teacher. You want to be like, no, no, no. I I don't ever mess up, (laughs) but it's like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> I was able to get three notes out of this thing down. So here's my three notes. Have you ever had Thank someone come her. in? That you're like, you shouldn't be here, dude. Like, just go like home. too good. Yeah. Just, just go home. Work on your own stuff. You know, uh, I would say, oof, I would say that that probably my only talent is finding what you can't do. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, so, I uh, I do talk to him about it and say, look, just so you know, when you get home, I'm going to give you a lot of stuff while you're here this week. When you get home, I'd rather you not focus on it too much because you are so incredibly good at this thing you're doing. You might be able to be like one of the best in the world at it. S- stay with it. Yeah. Um, don't go home and be confused and be like, okay, so I'm supposed to be this polyrhythm guy. And it's like, no, no, no. Stay with that pocket thing you've got going on. I mean, this camp has some serious players. I mean, yeah, we have you know endorsed touring artists that are here mm-hmm. at this one. So these are legit players. And what I love is, um, I, I just heard um, somebody was telling me that uh, Matt Greiner from August Burns Red mm-hmm. was just on a podcast talking about how much he's getting into the courses on lessons.com and they're helping him out oh, with awesome. growing as a player and it's like you can be a pro at something and still be lacking at something else because you spend all your time being great at one thing yeah, so right. um, so yeah So I luckily these camps are just heaven and we are definitely going to keep uh, moving the conversation forward about you, myself and Carter doing a camp in New York. I think that needs to Dig happen it. next year I'm, I'm so down. All righty. Well, let's get into our picks of the week. Do you have a pick of the worship right here? <laughs> Do I have a what? Do you hear a pick of the week? I don't know. My my mouth stopped working for a second.
2: Oh,
0: that hydroponic snare drum is getting to you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the new lovely hydroponic. Uh, <laughs> It's been a long week. All right. Okay. Anyway, my Pig of the Week is something
2: very simple, but I, I find myself going back to watch it over and over again. Universal Audio, which makes uh, amazing audio interfaces and, and plugins and stuff. We're actually going to do a review of their interface probably next week. Okay. It's the one that I bought from my own studio. Um, nice. So anyway, they put out a tracking session video with the great Joey Warrenker. Where he's producing a session, real kind of mellow, vibey, cool track, and they're using nothing but stock Universal Audio equipment. Um, so, so Joey's the producer as well as the drummer. So you get to you get to just absorb his why he's so cool and why he works with yeah. so many people and has so many like Grammy awards because he's so humble and and thoughtful at the same time. But then when they just show him playing the drums, he's like he's playing so light and it sounds yeah. so good so that's buttery yeah it's one of those like this is you know he's not trying to impress anyone and he's being so impressive because of that right (laughs)
0: because (laughs) that exact reason
2: yeah so if you just search universal audio tracking session with joey warnker it might be like an eight minute i think it's the singer from the new pornographers is the yep that's right
0: so it's but it's really good and yeah as soon as he starts testing out the snare drum then you just go like uh yeah that's kind of what a snare drum sounds like yeah that's what it's supposed to say it's just (laughs) pure i think uh you know ash uses those um i'm pretty sure ash is using ua stuff as well he's got the apollo stuff and um i mean it just it does its job right no line noise no just sounds great yeah we'll definitely do a full review of it sure no I, i think it's fantastic well my pick of the week this time is something that uh, I'm sure was recorded with Fantastic Gear and that is Benny Greb's new album Grebfruit 2 mm. uh, the reason I'm using that as my pick is because I've showed it to a few people just you know they're hanging out in the studio and showed it to them and they did not know they had no idea that that was Benny singing um, oh really <laughs> they did, yeah they were they were just like like man what a cool band and I was like what do you mean band you know this is all Benny <laughs> Greb, right like this is uh, musicianship on a, on a grand scale, yeah. indeed. So have you heard any of it yet? I
2: have heard it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool. I mean, I, I haven't really dug into it enough to have any major comments. I thought sure. it was pretty daring of him to do that Vinny track. Well, I that's the back. second
0: time he's done it. Oh, is it? So he did it on Grebfruit One back when he was 21 years old. And as far as I recall, he submitted it to Vinny and just never heard back. So he didn't use I'm uh. Tweaked. Um, so I would assume now that he's one of the most famous drummers in the world, he was probably able to get a direct line to Vinny and be like, <laughs> can I do this? Um, yeah, so he's got that. He's got uh, Jesus He Knows Me by Genesis on there. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, But it's actually, it's funny, the, the more mellow tracks and the less drum-centric tracks are my favorite on the album. But mm. I think it's amazing, and Benny's always the one thing that you can always count on Benny Greb for is quality content. He doesn't yeah. ever half put anything out. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And he's and got I a just, sound. I feel like he's, he's gotten to that oh, point yeah. where he hits a drum once, and you're like, yep, yeah, that's Benny Greb. And that's totally. kind of what we hard. all want to get to. Yeah, yeah. and what's funny, too, is now he's got so much of a sound that when someone else hits a drum once, it's like, oh, you're influenced by Benny Greb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and like, that's, no, I mean, it's actually Steve Guy. <laughs> totally, it's so funny. Like, So I put out, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, I put out this quick video about just replacing the first note of your groove with a left foot. Uh-huh. And that was it, and it was just a groove. And and to, everyone's like, "Oh man, really getting into Gad lately, huh?" And I'm like, "What? No, I just, <laughs> you know, that people have been using this since it was called a sock symbol, right?" Like, <laughs> it was, but it, but at the same time, it's like those guys, guys like Gad and Garibaldi, just have that everlasting influence. And when you hear something, it just becomes a Gadism or a Garibaldiism or a Grebism. So yeah. it's 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 pretty cool that he can you know start to make his way into that world of just legendary drummers with legendary sounds. So yeah. check out Grebfruit 2. It is awesome. All right, buddy. So I'm gonna to get to camp and uh I will see you uh in two days. Yeah. yeah. Or next week. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah i will see you next week in two days and we'll just keep confusing everyone everyone have a great week please if you can uh wherever you find your podcast just go to uh go there and give us a review that stuff helps and we do read those things and mike and i send them back and forth and they're really cool and also if there's a place that you'd rather be listening to us rather than where you are listening to us let us know so that we can have the powers that be submit us to wherever we need to go so uh you can always email us at mdinfo at modern drummer.com next it. week Nailed it I got it down, dude. What are we, 105, 104 episodes in? Yeah. I don't know what this no. is. <laughs> I'm right, gonna get out of here. Yeah, I'm gonna go do it. I got my email address memorized too. Alright. Later, buddy. See ya.